you to picture this. David has went and he has taken back the Ark of the Covenant. It's okay. It'll hit you in just a minute. It'll hit you, I promise. David has gone and taken back the Ark. He's bringing it into the city. you but I want to be rapture ready when the Lord comes back I don't want to wonder if there's anything that's going to hold me back I don't want any inertia to keep me from dra dragging me down I want to know that I'm just lifting off knowing that when he breaks out on the clouds of glory there's no entanglement there's no attachment that, that has me grounded to this world any longer but I'm serving a king of kings who has set me free from the bondages of sin, from the bondage of death, from the bondage of hell. I am a child of the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's my Savior. I'll tell you what, there's no God not like Jehovah. There's no God but Jehovah. There's only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. I will worship Him with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all my strength. There's no God but Jehovah. like Jehovah. There's no God 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 like Jehovah.
the worship in the house. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. You are worthy of praise, worthy of glory, worthy of honor. Come on, somebody. Look to somebody and say, you ready? Woo. I'm ready. Sit down for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. I don't know about you, but man, I'm just just awaiting the day. We, we can't help but recognize that the signs of the time, can we? And know that the Lord is coming back soon. Soon. We used to sing a song, soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Let me hear you now, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Well, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to see all of you here. You look good this morning. Look to somebody and say, you look good. If you're visiting with us this morning, we're so thankful that you have chosen to worship with us. There's a card in front of you. It's a guest card, and if you would, please fill that out. Let us have a record of your uh, being with us today so that we can honor you once again. We won't track you down. We won't uh, bother and aggravate you. We just want you to know that we love, appreciate, and are thankful for your visit today. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, singing like that and then preaching, it is quite difficult on these little lungs. <laughs> um, if you are not aware, tonight uh, at the Mountain View Church of God, if you'd like to go and support our sister church on our district, they're having their 76th anniversary. They were planning a 75th. It didn't happen because of last year, but they are planning a 76th anniversary. Um, yours truly is the second choice to preach them tonight. <laughs> The state overseer, um, unfortunately, uh, had his father-in-law passed away yesterday, and so he had to cancel of being there, and um, I guess I'm next in line. I called six pastors trying to get them to take my place. No, 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 I'm, I'm excited. I really feel like the Lord's given me a message for Mountain View, and I'm looking forward to a combined worship team. Our worship team is going to be joining with theirs, and so we're going to have a combined worship team. It's going to be an awesome time. It starts at 4.30, food, fellowship. They have a lot of memorabilia out available for people to look at, look at history, and uh, then service starts at 6.30. It's going to be a great time. I'd love you to come out and be a part of that. On October the 18th, that is manana, tomorrow, there is uh, the Shine Effect, a Christian uh, group who's going to be here tomorrow night. Um, it's sponsored by CR, but we'd love everyone who can to be here. A uh, great time of praise and worship and uh, Christian entertainment as well. Um, love to have you guys out. If, if you are unable to, spread the word. 
go on to our CR page, put the share button, you know, that little arrow at the bottom, hit the share button, share it with somebody, let them know that, you, uh, that you'd like to invite them to be here. Then on October the 30th, we have a youth-sponsored praise and worship event, Encounter, come on. There are a few local worship groups um, that's going to be leading, and we would love you to uh, be a part of that as well. And uh, there is a flyer that's circulating, and it has a it has an IR uh, IQ or QR. Um, you you can tell my IQ is not very good on the QR. But anyway, if you would, you could uh, actually put your phone on that for those of you who are tech savvy, and it will bring up a form that you can fill out. We would. It, that's only so that we can make sure we have enough food for you on that night. It's going to be a great time of worship. Our young people would love you to come out and support them uh, as they worship God. How many know that the young people need to see the adults worshiping God too? Right? Come out and join. That's October the 30th. October 31st. I know I'm loading you up. Should have you If you'd read that book, then I wouldn't have to do this. I'm just kidding. On the 31st, at the Dyer's house is going to be a fall gathering. Uh, many of you remember last year we had close to 150 there. Uh, there's going to be games. There's going to be food, all that stuff. Uh, it's a chili cook-off. Somebody said, look, I don't want to make chili. I want to make gumbo. I said, bring gumbo and Dumbo too. Oh, but anyway, come out, enjoy. Let's, let's just have a good time of fellowship. Some, I hear people say, I hear people say this, well, I don't really know a lot of folks in the church. Well, guess what? Now's your opportunity. You can go sit beside somebody new. You can go up and shake hands. You can go talk to them. You can find out uh, different strokes for different folks. You can, you know, get to know folks. I really encourage you to come. It's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, if you'd like to fellowship, please come out and be a part of this wonderful evening at the Dyer's House on October 31st few things for us to pray about as we go to the Lord in prayer. And our ushers are going to come. As they're coming, I want to mention these names. I want you to remember Matt Chambers' dad. Uh, he needs a touch from the Lord. Um, I know that he's he's gone through various treatments and just needs God to intervene and, uh, for him. Um, many of you got a, a little note this morning about Raymond Dorsey. Please remember Raymond. He needs a touch from the Lord. And and uh, I know Pam would really appreciate your prayers. Remember Jim and Sandy Blodgett. Also remember Cornelia and Ed Burkham, as well as many of our shut-ins who are unable to be here. Some of them are able to watch online. Uh, but please remember our shut-ins. Also remember Monty and Lori. Um, and then just all those who have lost um, a loved one recently. I know the Livingstons, the Silcox, uh, the Shore and Fields family. Remember all of those. How many know God knows our heart? He knows everything about us. Amen. And he cares for every one of us. The word of God says this, cast all your care on him for he cares for you. He didn't say cast some things, just, just the, the things that you feel like he can handle. How many know God can handle it all? There's nothing that God can't handle. And he's wanting you to turn it over to him. Amen. Father, I just thank you, Lord for just the wonderful privilege of being able to be a part of this wonderful family that you have allowed us to participate in. And Lord, I pray, God, that today as we honor you with our tithes and our offerings, 
And Lord, we bring these specific requests to you, God, that you would intervene, that you would multiply, that you would bless and encourage and strengthen. God, let your name be glorified in this house, Lord. Let this be a, a house of praise. Let this be a house of prayer, a house where you are honored and glorified in all that we say and do, God. Let your name be lifted up. And as your word says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all mankind. Lord, draw us closer today as we worship and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.
reverence him and worship him acknowledge that his presence is in this room Lord we surrender it all to you Lord we lay us down Father God and ask you just to move in this place today hallelujah hallelujah oh yes we worship you
just praise you. We thank you, God. Lord, that worship is, is all about you, Lord. It's about lifting up your name and glorifying you. Now, I know that sometimes we see that. But, Lord, I recognize, too, that worship is for us, for we were created for worship. And, Lord, as we worship you, it, it literally begins to give purpose to us. It brings out purpose from us because we recognize there's something greater than the things that we accomplish. There's something greater than the life that we live. There's something greater that, that's beyond earth's journey. And Lord, I'm thankful that we can come together in a corporate time to lift up your name, to worship you, to exalt you as the King of glory and the King of kings. And I pray, Lord, that whatever would try to taint our heart, whatever would try to hinder our praise, or whatever would try to cloud our vision of who you are and what you do, I pray that worship is the act that clears the air. I pray that worship is, is the action that we take that begins to squelch everything else that would hinder us from drawing near to you. God, I pray that worship is a time that as your word says that you can inhabit, for you inhabit the praise of your people. And I pray that in this house, Lord, that there will be a habitation of your presence, a manifestation of who you are. Lord, to experience the presence and the power of God to see lives transformed because people have come in not out of just a habit, but though I've come in to worship your name, to lift you up, to exalt you. And Lord, as we have invited your presence in this house through our praise, I pray that at this moment, God, that you'll open eyes, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to be pliable to experience the truth of your word that you be exalted in this house we give you praise Jesus thank you God thank you Lord Jesus isn't he good isn't he marvelous? Amen. I know that we sing that song, and I, I've tempted to change the words of it over the years to there's no God but Jehovah. Because there's imitations, there's wannabes, there's those who have been worshipped as if they were God, but there's only one God. Amen. Amen. Judith, it is a great to see you. And I know that you are carrying a heavy load with mom and to see the journey that she's in. But I want you to know that this family loves you and we're praying for you and happy to see you here, even if it's for a few days. Brandon needs you to straighten him out. You give up. Just know we're praying for you. Amen.
Well, praise the Lord. Come on. That's right. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. God is amazing. Wow. I mean, you know what? In, in, in all of what we deal with, it is so minimal compared to who God is. Isn't that amazing? And all that we struggle with, all of the turmoil or chaos or even striving that we might feel, the Bible even tells us that our sufferings are not even to be compared to the glory that we shall receive. Can you imagine that? How glorious it is to serve an awesome Savior, a wonderful God who loves us, to think that we've been called for purpose. Come on. Let somebody say, I've got a purpose. Yes, you do. You've got a purpose. Amen. Last week, we started on talking about the Elijah church or the last day church. And I, I just delved in and, and we talked about several things. But I wanted to, I want to keep that going. Is that all right to finish, finish what we started? And to, to think that when you look at the prophet Elijah, we were, we're kind of uh, launching off of Malachi chapter 4 and 5. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And, and we looked at Luke chapter 1, verse 17, to kind of give us an idea of John the Baptist being that forerunner of Jesus. And, 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 and the word says he was... Also, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a, a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Let me say that again. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So when I looked at this and, and we look at these scriptures and reflecting on last week, when we think about the last day church, I believe the last day church should be a church that is operating in the spirit and power of Elijah. Come on. Amen. And so we understand that Jesus is coming back. Right? How many agree with that? Amen. Some of you. I mean, to know that we are getting ready. I mean, we don't, we don't know the day nor the hour. The Bible tells us no man knows the day nor the hour the Son of Man cometh. But we do have a promise that he will come back, right? I mean, we can see that in John uh, chapter 14. For if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. That's a promise that we have. I mean, even at the very beginning of that, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, Right? You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Amen? So we have to realize that the Lord is preparing a place for us. He is, uh, you know, the old, the old song talked about, I'm working on a building. It's a firm foundation. I can't sing anymore. I'm done. But anyway, to think that the Lord is working on a building for us. I can't imagine. I mean, this is the God who spoke the worlds into existence. This is the God who spoke and let there be light and boom, there was light. This is the God who flung the stars in the skies to think that he is working on something for you and I. Can you imagine 
how glorious that would be. I mean, we are just overwhelmed to think of streets of gold and gates of pearl and all these things, but to imagine that God is preparing a place for us. How many of you would want your friends to miss that? Right? How many of you would just, just casually go by people and not let them realize what they're missing without Jesus? Right? I mean, we have the hope, right? We have this hope within us. I mean, we understand there's a treasure in earthen vessels in us. And we have this hope. We have this life. We have this understanding of what we shall attain to if we are in Christ Jesus. And yet the world is devastated and longing and troubled because they don't understand what they're missing. If only they had someone to tell them. If only they had someone that would show them the love that has been shown to us. If only they had a message that they could carry, be carried to them, right? Lord, help us, right? So if you think about that, then the last day church is to be the message bearers. The last day church is to be the church that has the testimony of Jesus Christ. The last day church is the church that is preparing the way of the Lord. Amen? And so we talked about the, the fact that the last day church is a church that is, displays the true church and its authority and its power and its anointing. We are the true church. Amen? I'm not saying that the church of God is the true church, but we are a part of the true church, the body of Christ. Amen? There's actually Baptists and Methodists and you know Presbyterians. Maybe Presbyterians. No, no. There, <laughs> There's actually many other denominations who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And praise God, we're looking for a day where we'll join together because they're not going to be in heaven a corner for just those who call themselves Pentecostal. There's not going to be a place on the other side that calls themselves, you know, Methodist or whatever. The idea is that we are one body. And these last days... There has to be a unification of the body of Christ so that we can see the love of God. Because how will the other world, how will the world know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another? Amen? Guess where that has to start? Right here. Right? I could preach right there for a minute. But we've got to have... The unification and love of the body of Christ within the house so that we can show it without the house, right? So that wherever we go, we can demonstrate the love of God. Amen. So not only does the last day church show forth the true revealed church, but it also talked about the fact that it comes from the wilderness. How many like the wilderness? Nobody like the wilderness? Come on. <laughs> Nobody likes the wilderness, although the Spirit of the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness. And although we understand the wilderness is for purpose, we know that the wilderness is God's will. You know, th there was a shorter path that, that God could have taken e Israel out of Egypt to the promised land, but it would have identified a war right off bat, so he brought them through the wilderness. Sometimes we make the wilderness longer than it should be. Come on. Because it's a place of teaching, it's a place of provision, it's a place of learning God's way. And sometimes we need to be in the fire a little longer to be refined a little more. Come on. 
And though we don't like the fire, and though we don't like the wilderness, and though we don't like to experience the sandpaper of life as the rough edges are being cut off, it is God's purpose and plan to prepare us for His ultimate vision and will for our life. Amen? So the wilderness is a place where we find overcoming. It's a place where power is imparted. Song of Solomon chapter 3 basically says, Who is this that comes out of the wilderness? I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm, I want to come out of the wilderness, right? I want to come out of the wilderness. And, and I believe that when we talk about this last day church, and, and I touched on this, but I don't know that I went in depth on this. And, and the idea is that we are to be a church that is counterculture rather than subculture. Because I believe that over the years, as the world has become more secular, the church as long as we're not like the world, no matter how secular that we have moved, we feel like we're all right. Come on. I mean, many of you grew up in some older holiness Pentecostal church. And you knew that you were in a holiness Pentecostal church, right? Because the women would have... hairdos to prove it. Right? I got pictures of my mom with a beehive hairdo. That thing stood a foot tall, dude. They had a dress code, if you will. It may not have been something that was written down, and then again, it might have been. But there was an outward appearance of what looked like holiness. Now, we, we grasp that, you know, just because there's an outward appearance doesn't mean there's always holiness in the heart, right? And I think that we have grown or matured in such a way to understand that holiness is a position of the heart, not necessarily a position of how we dress. Amen? But at the same time, I believe that there's an there's a idea that we should be separate from the world. I mean, when we talk about being saved, you know, the old testimonies when people would stand up, that say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, somebody. Right? Some of y'all been in one of those churches before? Yeah. Fuego. Fire of God. Let it happen, right? And, and so we grasp this understanding that there should be salvation but I'm not sure that we talk about, as the last day church, do we talk about sanctification much? Do we talk about what it means to be subsequent to a clean heart? We want the baptism, but do we understand the subsequent to a clean heart, the separation? Amen? I mean, you have to realize that being sanctified is one who's been called out, right? We've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I mean, look, when you talk about separation, you think of the items that were taken uh, for the temple, and they were separated, and they were anointed by God for a purpose. And how many understand that you are utensils in the temple of God? You are uh, to be holy and righteous before God because you are to be used in the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Oh, boy, that preacher's done gone to meddling this morning. 
But you, I alluded to this last week that, that when you think of the church that is, that is a church that is not to just be uh, walking in the same culture, but to be, or as a subculture even, but to be counterculture. Now, I want you to understand what I'm talking about because when you look at uh, Mark chapter 1, you see that how John was clothed, right? He was clothed in camel's hair. He was eating locusts and wild honey, right? You can see that he, he, there was a difference in his life. There, and, and I believe that, I don't believe that we're called to wear, uh, you know, just a hairy outfit. Unless, you know, in Halloween you're putting on Chewbacca or some kind of uh, Bigfoot. I don't know. <sighs> Lord help us. It's not that God's called us to, to be a hairy garment. Or requiring us to live in the desert or causing us, uh, talking to us to just eat locusts and wild honey. But we are called to be a unique people. Somebody said, do you know me? I'm unique. (laughs) Yes, some of you are really unique. Thank you, Jesus, right? God's called us to be a unique people, to be distinct from the world. 1 Peter chapter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation. Somebody looked at somebody and said, you're chosen. You're chosen. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You are God's special people. Praise God, right? Amen. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What is he saying? He says, so in other words, I've chosen you, I've called you, I've appointed you for this purpose so that you can share my message, so that you can be my voice in this world. And it's going to take somebody that's different from everybody else. If you're only walking like everybody else walks, then what do you have different than everybody has? Amen? It's got to be different. Amen. John was a man who knew how to walk alone. I believe that there's times that we feel like we have to be gathered around everybody else to make us feel happy. And yet, there's times that we need to learn that not everybody's going to agree with us. Not everybody in our circle is going to adapt to us. And we definitely don't need to adapt to them. We need to learn how to walk in a standard of God's presence that is not compromised by the world, is not compromised by what everybody else thinks. Well, well, I don't want to hurt so-and-so's feelings, so I guess I'll do a little bit of that. What? And here's the other side. I remember my overseer in Honduras, I went to an event and it wasn't necessarily an event that was sanctioned by the church of God or the church at all. But because I wanted to honor some people that were there, I went. And, and he later shared with me, he says, Paul, he said, by going to that event in your position as the territorial overseer, you then made that event a sanctioned event by the church, he says, and did it honor God. I was like, why ain't got to be so hard, dude? Why ain't got to be so mean? Just be nice to me, right? I don't know. 
But how often do we sit back and let people share things that are false and we sit there silently? And let me tell you something, your silence may be on purpose because you don't want to intervene or interfere, but reality, when you sit silently by someone that's speaking falsehoods, then basically what you're saying is, I agree. Amen? Now look, I'm not telling you to get on a rant on Facebook. How many deleted paragraphs because you say, well, this is not the place, right? But if you see a brother or sister in the wrong, call them. Hey, man, I saw, I saw what you're saying, and, and I just want to hear a little more clearly. What do you mean by that? I'm not saying go in and say, man, you're crazy. What are you thinking? Call a brother or sister. What are you thinking? What's, what's your processes? I don't understand what you're trying to say. But I believe that we need to help brothers and sisters know truth. Because there's a whole lot of falsehoods going around. Now, how can you help somebody to know truth if you don't know truth? We've got to be in the truth. We can't just depend on what, well, that preacher over there said that. That was so good. Well, is he right? Look, I encourage you. If, if I'm preaching, I pray that that you're just not taking my word for it. I, I pray that I'm preaching truth. I feel like I'm preaching truth. But I want you to get in the word of God. I want you to study it. Take out the Bible and say, where is he preaching from? I want to see this. I want to I get the full picture of what he's saying. Digest it a little bit. Come on. Y'all all right? We're called to be a unique people. We're called to be a people that set apart. You heard me talk about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, just like John the Baptist, Elijah, uh, you know, was met on the road and, and, and Ahab was like, How did, who did you meet? And he said, what did he look like? He said, well, that's a hairy guy. You know, I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know God's people are all supposed to be a bunch of hairy people. Okay. But we are to look different. Come on. I mean, when you think of the symbolism of how these two men dressed, you think of the, what their priorities were. In other words, their priorities wasn't to impress, dress to impress. And yet, they still had the whole community coming out to see them. Right? It wasn't that they were trying to say, look, you need to eat this way. You need to dress this way. No, it was the fact that they were saying, look, we are different from what has been before. We have not come in the same mannerisms. We're not coming in the same fashion. We're not coming in the same form. We have come to be God's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Amen. They're saying, look. It's not material things that's going to get you to heaven. You can gain all that you want to gain, but that's not what's going to uh, open the doors and unlock the gates of the kingdom of God. It has to be something different. They dressed that way because it was 
to show that they were denouncing the world. They were separating themselves from the world and denouncing the things of the world. That what they were saying is, is that I am not controlled by what the world thinks, right? I don't have to go and look at the magazine and say, do I look good or do I not? What matters is, is does he think I look good and that's it? Amen? So we have to be careful. Are we walking in a manner that is, is compatible or that is trying to be like the world? Or are we trying to walk in a manner that glorifies God and brings light to him? Amen? I mean, Elijah and John the Baptist understood their office and their purpose in life. They were proclaimers of the word of God. In other words, they, they knew who they were. I mean, when I look at society that we live in today, people are so lost. There is a, a crisis of identity. I mean, boys are wanting to be girls. Girls are wanting to be boys. And let me just tell you all, the grass is not greener. But there's a watering down. And people are trying to confuse you guys to think, well, you can choose what you want to be. But in reality, we can only choose to be what God's made us to be. And so there's this confusion, this mass confusion that's trying to be uh, put on our children and our young people today. And we find it, it's not just a new thing. It's, although it's the voice is beginning, beginning to be louder and louder and louder, but it, it brings even confusion even into the church. I mean, how many of you realize there are churches that are gay churches? Right? There, there, there are ideas that, well, God created us. Yes, he did. But on that birth certificate, it says you were a little boy or you were a little girl. And you can't change it. All right, I'm, I'm moving on before I get, y'all, y'all. The idea is that, the idea is that the confusion has melted over into the church where there's even confusion of who we are. See, these, these men understood who they were. They were God's voice. They were, the, they were men of God. They were men who had a purpose, and, and they were called to that purpose. They, they didn't have to wonder, am I supposed to say this message or am I not? Am I supposed to live this way? I mean, even the Word of God says, uh, look, don't have two opinions among yourself, right? And too many times we're wavering between two opinions. Well, should I, should I, or should I, should I? Look, if... It's black and white, folks. And you have to live the truth out. You have to walk the truth out. You have to, when it comes to the Word of God, it's not gray. It's black. And the world wants to make it a bunch of shades of gray. But I'm going to tell you something. There's not shades of gray. It's black and white. And red all over. Come on. Amen. So we have to live this truth out. We have to know who we are. These men knew who they were. They understood their office. I mean, knowing who we are, we have, 
we have to realize that we are representatives of Christ Jesus. How many understand that you are an ambassador of God? And as an ambassador of God, if, if, if you look at the ambassador for uh, a country, our president, God help him. If you look at the ambassador, the ambassador is one who has to represent everything that the president says, right? In other words, if he goes to another country as the ambassador of our nation and he doesn't represent our nation's values, I'm sorry guys, I'm trying to be really kind here, and he doesn't represent what is being stated from our administration, then he is not representing the administration. Therefore, look, if we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus and we are walking as Christ's ambassadors, we are not representing ourselves any longer. We are representing him in the official capacity of ambassador. And everywhere we go, his words have to be portrayed from our mouth. It is his character. It is his actions. It is his words that should be displayed from us. So everywhere we go, we should know who we are. We are no longer ourselves. We've been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. We are new in Christ Jesus, all old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now we represent Christ Jesus. What are we representing? Everywhere. 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 We represent him on Facebook. We represent him on Twitter. What else is there? Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and whatever. Everywhere. At the grocery store. Sitting at the table when the waiter's giving you bad service. Sitting at the game when your team is losing. We represent Jesus Christ. And so therefore, if we're representing Jesus Christ, what is coming out of us? We know who we are. The church of the last day has to know who we are because if we don't know who we are, we are sending mixed signals to the world and they're confused. And why would they want to be a part of something that's so confused in themselves that they don't, they don't even understand who they are? Amen. We're God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus under good works. We, we not only have to know who we are, we have to know whose we are. Amen. So these guys understood who they were. They also understood where they were. We have to realize our times and seasons and where we are. We are, yes, representing Christ, but we are also living in a world that is, that is diabolically opposed to the things of Christ. We're living in a world that is lost in sin. And therefore, knowing who we are, knowing where we are, we have a message to give. Then we also understand why we are there. Amen? To be the messenger to a lost world representing Christ Jesus. Amen. The idea is that we, we, we understand democracy, but I don't know that we understand the kingdom. I mean, we vote for our congressmen, and 
hopefully they represent the values that we voted them for. But in the kingship, we come under the subjection of the king. And we bear the authority of the king. The ring, I put this up because we carry the ring of the king, the authority of the king, that what we say has power and its impact. And so you have to realize that wherever you go, knowing who you are, where you are, why you're there, you have the authority to display the kingdom of God in that place. Amen. I'll move on. We're a church that is transitional. When you think of there were multiple transitions that took place in the Word of God. And we see that John's message was a transitional and preparatory message. If we understand John's message, we, we also have to, to really understand it, we have to recognize the time period in which he was in. We have to grasp a hold of the unique role that John played. He's straddling the gap between Old Covenant and New Covenant. In other words, during that time frame, there was not a prophetic voice. There was not a revelation. We, we can look back and we can see uh, during that 400-year inter intertestamental time, we can see um, the temple scrolls that were written. We could talk about the Maccabees, uh, the, how that they wrote and how the, their historical value. But there was really no revelation given. And here is John as the voice calling out in the wilderness. He is the one who is now giving us the beginning of the gospel. So we folks are those who are transitioning those from darkness to light. We have a message that, that people are looking for because they're struggling with what's next. And yet we have the very bridge that can, that can help them cross from old to new. From law to grace. Amen? From pain and devastation and, 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 and being bound to sin, to being free in the power and presence of God under the, the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, we have that message that can transition people's lives from broken to better. The church is a, has a prophetic message. And, and to you, you might think, well, is this prophetic? But well, John's message was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Y'all quiet today. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John's message was an announcement that the kingdom of heaven was near. It was right here. It's at hand. This meant that the king was about to appear. It's his soon coming. As we sang a while ago, the king is coming. Jesus Christ is at the, at the perch ready to Come back, somebody. And are we ready? John was careful, careful to contrast his ministry of that with the Messiah. He understood that he was not the Messiah, but he was a voice calling out, preparing the way for the Messiah. What does our voice prepare? What, does our, what is our message to the world? How are we living in such a manner that people, as, as the last day church, that people want to be a part of who we are and what we do. It's a challenge, right? I mean, John the Baptist considered the Christ the Messiah, and he's, he's like, look, I'm not, even un, I'm, too, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. 
And I think that, that we get into that mentality and we say, well, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough to be God's vessel. I, I know that I'm broken, so therefore, how can I carry a message of the Messiah when I am broken? Do you think John had it all together? I'm sure that he was God's voice, but I'm sure that in his, his mind there were struggles. I'm sure that there were things that he was dealing with, and yet he understood he, he was not worthy to untie the sandals of the master, but yet he was still the one who had to baptize him when Jesus came. John's preaching was not, was not only the warning of impending judgment, it was a call to action. What did he say? Repent and be baptized. What does John mean by the term repent? It means to change, a change of mind. It means to, to turn around, to do something different. I mean, true repentance means that you don't continue in the same way that you've always been doing. It, it pains me to, to hear of people who say a prayer and, and, and then continue living the same way they've always lived because they have not repented of the things that they've been doing. Oh, Jesus, he's done in there now, right? I mean, repentance means much more than changing one's thinking. It includes and involves so much more. Repentance is a change of heart and mind that results in a change of course, a change of lifestyle. True repentance means that I'm not going to continue doing the same thing I've always done. I'm going to do something different. Look, Matthew didn't go into the details of what that looked like, but he did say... In, in, in Matthew, let me get scripture to you. Matthew chapter 3 and 8 says, Therefore, pr produce fruit, right? Produce fruit that proves your repentance. Can I say that again? Produce fruit that proves your repentance, right? Somebody says, Don't judge me. I'm not. I'm just looking at the fruit you're producing. Amen? Because if my life has been turned over to Christ Jesus, then there's the fruit of the Spirit that should be displayed out of my life. And if I'm displaying the fruit of the Spirit, then, then, then I'm displaying the characteristics of Christ Jesus, and I'm no longer displaying my characteristics. And when I'm displaying my characteristics, that's when I need to say, God, forgive me. I am weak, and I need you to be strong. Amen? I don't feel very kind right now. I don't feel very long-suffering right now. I don't feel very patient right now, God. I need you and your spirit to rise up in me. I need your strength. I need to submit myself to you, God. Have your way. I repent of my old ways, and I turn it over to you, oh God. How do we look at that? I mean, what does that look like? I mean, it's renouncing and forsaking any human system other than faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not dependent on any system of this world to get me to heaven. Do we really grasp that? That this world and everything in it will pass away. But the kingdom of God will stand forever and ever and ever. 
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. For Christ, the solid rock I stand, all else, all else, all else is sinking sand. It is only, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. There's not a political path. There's not a governmental system. There's not a nation that will get you to heaven. It is only Jesus Christ, he, the truth, the way, the life. Only Jesus. Amen? That's all right. You can give, you can give Christ a hand. Amen? Amen. So when I accept Jesus and I repent of my sins and I say that I want to be baptized, my baptism is literally saying I want to die out to myself. It is symbolic of the work that Christ did in me. I am no longer that person. Josephus, the, the, uh, the historian, talked about ships being baptized into the sea. They wasn't just, let me submerge you and bring you out. What he was saying is they were they were literally being sunk in the sea. And so when we say, I repent of my sins and I'm being baptized, I'm saying, I expect to be a different person. I'm letting everything die from the past. I don't want to be a part of that any longer. I don't want anything of the past influence to reflect in my life. Every hurt, every emotional wound, every struggle, every addiction, every bit of that. Lord, I give it all to you. I don't have anything else, but what I have is yours. God, make me into who you want me to be. I am yours. Amen. We have this prophetic message to the world. And sadly is, is that because... Y'all still love me, right? Because the church has not lived it out, the world doesn't want to hear it. Because we have been so wishy-washy, because we have compromised so much, the world looks at us as the laughingstock. They call us hypocrites, right? And I get it, guys. I'm a hypocrite because I'm not perfect. I mean, we understand all that. If we, we look around here right now and say, I mean, if, if any of you think that you, your righteousness is of, of, of any value because of what you've done, then, then you're a hypocrite too. Because there's nothing that we do that gives us the righteousness, that gives us the value to be in the presence of God, but what He has done for us. Amen? We enter into the righteousness of God because of his declaration over us as we accept the gift that he's already given us. So therefore, we have this prophetic message and we need to share it. We can't walk around saying, I'm better than you. We can't walk around thinking that we have something that we have earned because we haven't. But we need to let the world know, I'm broken. I'm going to say something that's going to hurt you. I'm going to do something that you're probably not going to agree with. And the reason I go to church is not because I'm better than you. I go because I need Jesus so bad. 
I need his help. I need his strength. I need him because every day that I, I get up, I, I wake up in this fleshly body. It is, is a, it is an absolute fight every day. I submit it to God. I say, God, it's yours Help me to walk out this day with your grace. Help me to live this life for you. And Lord, God, if, if something happens and I just absolutely mess it up, God, please forgive me and renew me once again. Prophetic message. We're, I got three more points and I'm going to do them really quick. Give me a pianist. We have, to, we have to repent of the false systems that we trust in. We have to confess our sins of dependence on everything other than Christ. We have to be baptized. Baptism is, I mean, it, it's, it's not a new thing to Christianity. I don't know if you understand that. That even the Gentiles, when they were, when they were going into Judaism, were baptized. Because it was a display of their complete letting go of and renouncement of the past system. And so therefore, in Christ Jesus, John said it this way, I baptize you in water, but the one coming after me will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Right? So baptism was something to say, look, I'm being baptized into this repentance, but look, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized by the maker and creator of the world. I want to be baptized by him. Amen? So we bear witness of Jesus Christ. We, as the, as the last day church, as the, the Elijah church, we bear witness. John 1, 6-8 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that although in him might, uh, that all through him might believe. Listen to this. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Amen? John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. John was a witness, one who points to Jesus. And from this understanding, we as the last day church are to be ones who point people to Jesus. We don't point people to this program or that program. We don't try to entice people by these pretty flares and that pretty flares. But everything we do is to attract people to the only one who can transform their lives. To the only one that can save them. To the only one that can deliver them from this body of death. The only one that can bring them out of all of the darkness of the world and put into them a light that is from the heavenlies. A light that shines from the Father above. Amen? Amen. That's all right. I need you to understand that because we are the last day church, the more the last day church begins to fulfill its role, the more it will feel the pressure of the world attacking it. If you look at Elijah, he prophesied or he gave words to a false king. 
a king who was illegitimate, a king who had denied truth. I mean, if you look at the lineage, he was the, Ahab was the seventh in the lineage of David. And, and, and look at above. I think this is 1 Kings around 16, chapter 16. And you look at these guys. They're alcoholics. They're murderers. They're idol worshipers. They're not doing what God called them to do. And here's Ahab. He's no better. He's worse than all the rest of them. He's introduced Baal worship even more. He's actually built a temple for Baal or Baal, however you want to say it. And then he set up these Asherah poles, which was in honor of the goddess. who's horrible. The world has set up all kinds of idolistic systems that they want you to buy into. But we have to be careful that our hope is only built in Jesus Christ. There's not a system of the world that can save you. Every system of the world will fail. You can look at history. Kingdoms have risen and kingdoms have fallen. The world wants to even wipe out history because they don't want, to rem- they want, don't want you to be re- reminded of the failures so that they can fail again. I mean, here was Elijah. He went and he prophesied. Even the, the wicked wife of Ahab, Jezebel. I mean, he was killing the prophets, God's prophets. This woman was horrendous. Even Elijah, for a moment, was a got afraid of what she was doing, right? It's much like John the Baptist. These guys were under attack. John the Baptist was from Herod and Herodias and, and the daughter of Herodias who went in and danced her little jig and made everybody think that she was so wonderful. And what did she declare? I want the head of John the Baptist. Look, the world wants to wants to take away our head. You're looking at me, not not this head, our head. But if we have had a recapitulation, a reheading, if we've been reheaded with Christ Jesus as the king, then all the world's systems can't take away what we've been attached to. That context is when we can say, of the word of God, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Right? Because when you have been headed by Christ Jesus and he's the Lord of your life and you're walking in the spirit and you're walking in him, nothing can take that away from you. Amen, Pastor. So lastly, the church, the last day church, needs to persevere in its beliefs. 1 Kings 19, guess what happened? Elijah had just seen the miraculous. He just saw fire from heaven fall. 
And now, he's sitting there on the mountain. He's going back up to the mountain. He's got his head between his legs. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, right? You know what's crazy is, is that when you look at the Asherah, uh, the epitaph of Asherah would be the goddess of the sea, that she walks on the sea. Man, y'all need to hear this. Think about this. They were looking to Baal for rain, right? He was the one who was producer of their rain. This is in their minds. And what did Elijah do? He said, at my words, it will not rain, right? So what was he in direct attack and warfare against? Baal. And then at the very moment that his words declared there would be rain because God demonstrated himself by the fire coming down, licking up the water, all the altar was gone, and then he's bowed down. And what does he tell his, his servant to do? Go look at the sea. He said, look, it won't be a Shira coming. <laughs> it won't be her walking on the water. Right? Go look again. How many of the number seven is a number of completion? He's saying, God is about to complete a work. If you will not give up, if you will keep on persevering, if you'll keep your eyes on the prize, the King of kings and Lord of lords, God will fulfill his promise. Amen. Look, we're the last day church. If we stop looking for the, the cloud the size of man's hand, we give up. Guess what happens? We fail. Elijah thought he failed. He was ready to give up. He was ready to just stop. He went and hid, right? And then he went out and said, well, I guess I'll just go to point these other people. I'll, I'll report my placement. I'm done. Even John the Baptist. John the Baptist was locked up in prison, and they came to him and said, John, what's going on? He says, are you really the one, or should we look for another? Guys, I believe that too many times that the church of Elijah has gotten discouraged. The church of Elijah, the last day church, is wondering, well, you know, it's been a long time. Should we look for another? But I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Don't let loose. Don't let the pretenders discourage you or intimidate you. You keep on persevering. You keep on standing on the firing line. You keep on fighting the good fight of faith, right? You keep on digging into the Word of God. You keep on bearing the message of Jesus Christ. You keep on reaching out a hand of love to those who are broken because they need. Look, they might bite you. But guess what? Keep on reaching out. Keep on loving them. Keep on embracing them because the ones that might bite you one day will be the ones walking beside you on another day. Come on. Keep on fighting for those who are broken. Keep on loving those who you feel like are unlovable. Keep on hope, reaching out hope to those who feel hopeless because you have the message. You have the answer. We are the last day church. We are the people of God. I want to be able to say at the end of my race, I have, I have fought the good fight. 
I don't want anybody to say, well, he gave up. Let me tell you something, guys. I mean, you, I, I love y'all enough that I'll tell y'all how I really feel. <laughs> There's days that I think, man, I should just go get a job at Denzo. Just punch a clock. Go home. Not worry about it. Is that a right feeling? No. But it's a truthful feeling. There's days, man, God, Lord, this is killing me. It's hard when you see you go from burial after burial. You jump from wedding to wedding, and you're just this emotional roller coaster. You're up and down. You're like, you're over here like, woo! You're over here like, oh, God. I'm on. I, that kid's going to preach one day. I can feel it. The weight sometimes, because you won't. Look, I don't take this lightly to come in here. I don't just come in here, well, this is easy. I've been preaching 20 years. Just, let's, just, let's just do this thing. I sat up there this morning, almost sick to my stomach. I get, I get up here, and I'm in praise and worship practice. And these guys are, you know, we're trying to, they, they permit me to sing with them. I, anyway. And I'm up here, and I, oh, Jesus. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord just rising in, and there's just turmoil in me because I'm, I'm nervous. Pastor, you get nervous? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I do not want to come in with something that is not what God has spoken for this day and hour and for this church. And I know the Word of God's relevant. I could pick up any verse and start preaching and it would be relevant. But at the same time, I want to know, God, is this the Word for this moment, for this time, for this people that is here today? That makes me nervous. Because I know that I will have to stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords and give an account for every word that I've spoken to you. Have I led them to Jesus? God, am I reflecting your truth? That's a, that's a burden to carry, guys. It's not easy. Because I, want, I really want you to make it to heaven. <laughs> and I really want you to be a dis- one who disciples others to make it to heaven. And I don't want to tickle your ears. I want you to truly grab a hold of this word and let it become a part of your life so that you truly do become the last day church that changes the world. I still believe there's a a great outpouring. Some say, well, the, the great outpouring was the day of Pentecost. I'm still believing in a a great outpouring. I'm still believing that there's a last day outpouring. Yes, the Bible says there will be a great falling away. And I don't believe it's just because the people are, are becoming um, so in drain. I, I believe the great falling away is people have become so compromised with the world that they just begin to do what they want to do. And church becomes the back burner. The great falling away is people who are in the church. 
it, 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 it's, can I say the word scare? It scares me to death to think that there are churches who are basically saying, go do what you want to do. As long as you've said this little prayer, you're going to be all right. Because that is not what the Word of God says. We've got to live this thing. We have to walk out fruit that proves repentance. That's Christ Jesus telling us that. And how are we helping others find that truth? He who endures to the end shall be saved. This morning, if you'd say, Pastor, would you just close your eyes for a moment? Pastor, today, I want to make sure I'm right with, you, with the Lord. I'm not sure that, that I've been living the life. I know the truth, but I've not been living the truth. But today, I want to know that I know that Christ Jesus is my Savior. And I want to live and serve Him for the rest of my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are? Come on. I want to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. Amen. 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 Pastor, I've been in church most of my life. I, I feel like I know the Lord is my Savior but I have not been active as I should be as the last day church. But I want to be a part of the last day church that changes the world. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Yes. Amen. 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 Look at me. Guys, that should be all of our desire. That's not, that's, I don't mean to say that in a condemning way. But every one of us should want to be a last day church transforming the world. Amen. Would you stand right where you are? Judith, would you come? I want to pray with you. Jeff, would you come? Would you represent Blodgett? Kim, would you come? Would you represent Cornelia Burkham? I know that Pam's not here, but Billy, would you come and represent Raymond? Billy, come represent Raymond. us to believe for healing for these situations and for God to give a peaceful going home. Mom's ready. She's ready to go home. If you say, Pastor, I really want to see the last day church activated, would you raise your hand right where you are? Would you keep your hands up and let's just pray, pray right now. Father, I pray. God, I pray for every need that is represented 
this morning in this place for those right here standing in specifically God I pray for healing in their bodies I pray for the ultimate healing of being with you Lord Jesus but Father I pray that every single one of us in this room God would be energized empowered willing to set aside willing to to submit to you Lord Jesus willing to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit to be your vessels of honor in this world God help us Lord with the mentality of opportunity recognizing that there are people that we come in contact with every single day that needs Jesus just as we need you Lord and I pray God that you will give us the boldness of the Holy Spirit to be willing to be the mouthpiece Lord in this day and this hour to represent you as ambassadors of the kingdom of God into a dark place representing light shining into darkness God let us be that voice let us have that boldness Lord take away every barrier take away every hindrance God begin to begin to allow us to be those who plow ground those who plant seeds and those who water understanding that you oh God are the one who brings the growth Lord let us not get caught up in the success syndrome to think that that we have not done anything but God let us continue Lord to fight the good fight of faith let us continue to live the life Lord just as you are coming tomorrow what would we do Lord there's names that are being put on our heart even right now names of people that you have called us to speak to and I pray that Lord without hesitation Lord that we will be willing to speak to them whether it be a phone call whether it be an initial text to meet up But Lord, let there be this moment where we reach out to lost loved ones, those who need you, God. And let us not be ashamed of the the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power and the salvation. God, let us be this last day church. And let us, God, by your grace, be initiators of the great outpouring of the Holy Ghost in these last days. Lord, let it begin in families in this room, sons and daughters being transformed by the power of God. Grandchildren coming to the house because they want Jesus. Let it be young children that say, yes, God. And out of the mouth of babes, testimonies begin to rise up and lives transformed. Let the church be the church you've called it to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you guys. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Remember tomorrow night, the shine effect will be here. Great time. You can come early. There's a meal at there's a meal at six. This concert starts at seven. So come be a part of that wonderful time. October 30th, worship event. October 31st, Dyer House. Let's come have a good time. God bless you. Love you so much.